Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. My guest today is based in Tucson, Arizona, and runs the Tucson Tango School. In addition to Argentine tango, she has an extensive background in ballroom, Latin, swing, and country western. She's also a massage therapist, which is pretty awesome. And joining me now is Kate Rosalik. Kate, great to have you on the podcast, and thanks for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Kate, you have a pretty extensive background in dancing. Was that something you were always interested in? I was always a dancer since my childhood, but I never actually danced until after I graduated from high school. Oh, okay. So what were the what was the first dance you tried after high school? Well, I was always extremely shy growing up, so that's why I never danced. I was always, you know, but if I was by myself, I'd dance away. <laughs> but um yeah, so when I was um back in Michigan, mm-hmm. I did like a community college class and you know, just basic ballroom, which was fun, but, you know, um, and then I moved to Tucson in 97, and that was to uh, go to the College of Nursing at the University of Arizona, and um, I went into the Parks and Rec schedule just to see what kind of social activities were, and I saw an Argentine tango class taught by Dave and Shelley Little, and um, I was just this little college kid, so I'd take the city bus all the way across town to the ballroom where this tango class was taught and just fell in love with it. And uh, that was pretty much it. Like I, you know, the basic ballroom thing, it was fun, but it didn't really light my fire the way tango did. Mm -hmm. Can you describe, I know it's kind of hard to, to put that into words, but can you describe what specifically about Argentine tango that made you really want to stick with it? Yeah, I... I found that the connection between people, whether you're in leader role or follower role, was amazing and it was different than anything else I've experienced. Now, at the same time, here's here's what was also happening in my life. I was um, getting ready to start at the College of Nursing and kind of taking prereq classes. Um, I was also a musician, so I was a flute player. Um, classically trained and was getting really severe rheumatoid arthritis oh. in my hands. And I'm a, um, I consider myself like a, an artist of, of movement, music, whatever. And, you know, tango was a way for me to enjoy music, um, even if I had to slow down on playing, because um, I actually did end up having to stop playing the flute completely. Um, I pick it up a little bit more now that I'm home (laughs) (laughs) but um but anyways um so that that really kind of pushed me toward it and then the thing that sent me over the edge where i went through the rabbit hole was (laughs) i was sitting in the theater in centennial hall next to my mother and i had um because i was you know taking these classes in tango it's like hey um tango pordos is coming it's miguel zoto and melina pletz and um so i i went there and it was literally, like, I, I vividly remember it, that sitting in this theater chair watching Melina Plebs in, in it just like uh, this instant sense of recognizing something that I saw for the first time and knowing that this is what I am to do. And so I 
watched and said to myself, I don't care how long it takes to learn it, which by the way, <laughs> on that one, <laughs> And uh, but I'm going to learn this. And this is something that, you know, that was my life-changing moment is watching Melina Plebs on stage. Nice. Nice. And I don't know if I answered your question. No, okay. so what was the... Take it wherever you want to take, take it. Yeah, yeah. so, but t um, ask me again the question because I'm going to um, circle it back to what I was just telling sure. you about what became the what. Or... Yeah, so what made you really want to stick with it? <laughs> okay, okay. I think that I didn't really had, have a choice um, because it pulled me so strongly that moment in the theater, but also taking classes and things. But I also think that the the thing that sets this dance apart from other partnership dances is that it's more conversational. This dance is more about a language of communication through movement at a more deep level than any other ballroom dance I've ever learned or taught. So that that keeps that's that's why um, tango is the closest to my heart of all the dances I teach. Nice. Nice. What was your very first tango lesson like? Oh, yeah. It was a group class, and it was um, Dave and Shelley Little taught it, and this was at, like, the a ballroom that has since shut down. And um, it felt to me like a little baby duck who's never seen water before jumping in and swimming and being like, hey, cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, and so I just felt like it was um, something that my spirit was meant for, maybe. Nice. Yeah, that's it's it's great to um, how how that is. That's such a common in a way. It's a common thing that I hear from people. But at the same time, you know, when you're experiencing yourself, it's 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 this really neat moment where yeah, you it find is. exactly what this is. This is what you've been looking for in a way. But you yeah. need to know. You need to know that. Yeah. How about your exactly. first dance at a Malanga? Do you remember that? <laughs> um, so back when I started, it was back in 97, and mm. in Tucson, um, tango was, I mean, it was so small, it was just a little tiny egg of people, mm -hmm. you know, and so um, my first milongas, I mean, it's nothing near what milongas are like these days, mm -hmm. it was my teacher, David, you know, Dave and Shelley, mm -hmm. and um, it was in a senior center little rec area that had a um, nice wood floor mm -hmm. and he basically the milongas were <laughs> it was like a high school gymnasium no tables it was just like you know little chairs lined up in a straight line so you'd have to walk down the road to find mm -hmm. a seat and then and Dave and Shelley would play um, their tango CDs that they would buy, you know, like at this, they, they went to the store, they, you know, whatever, when I don't even think there was a lot of online at that time, but right. um, anyway, so they would just run, they would just play like, you know, four or five, you know, callos, and then they, you know, get bored and switch over to Pugliese, and then they do, uh, and it wasn't like in the formula of like tango, 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 milonga, and waltz, and right. you know, whatever, it mm. was just um, kind of like, all right, let's uh let's play something different now. All right, here's a Biagi, you know, <laughs> and um and that's how it was in the very beginning. And then gosh, and then Tango really started to grow more in Tucson, more teachers, more more milongas, and so. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, but that was my first milonga. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how how did the how did the dancing go? Um, at my first milonga, gosh, yeah. um, that would have been more than twenty years ago. So. 
maybe have blocked it out. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know because everybody was kind of a tango baby at that time. Okay. You know, I mean, um, so so basically, kind of in our in, in Tucson lineage, um, you know, John Dahlstrom, he was the first teacher in the whole town. Like mm -hmm. he basically learned with videos, and he's a dance major, you know, dance degree and all of this, and then. Mm -hmm. And then Dave and Shelley were his students, and then they branched. Mm -hmm. And then I learned from Dave and Shelley. And then Homer, his first teachers were Dave and Shelley as well mm -hmm. in Tucson. Mm -hmm. And then Homer and I were teaching together. And then it kind of expanded and grew and branched, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, 20 years ago. I mean, that's about the time when I started <laughs> as well. And like late 90s, uh -huh. 2000, early 2000s. That I, okay. I think this looking back, that was just a really special time. I've had other conversations yeah. with people who are starting around that time where everyone's just trying to figure it out. So there's this different yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah. And I remember. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 97 is when I started. Okay, wow. So that was like baby, baby. Yeah, like I was, right. You really I was 20, 21. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's great now because there's so many resources and so many uh, festivals and, and things like that. Yes. But there was a real special time, late 90s, um, early 2000s, I, I think. It's like tango infancy. Yeah. <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the United States, you know, at least. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we got into it just at the right time, it seems. Yeah. 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 So I want to switch gears a little bit to uh, turning points in your learning. So what's some really good or some memorable advice uh, that you've gotten from from some of your own teachers that still resonates with you today? I'm going to have to think about that. So some advice that really resonates with me. Or maybe something you heard or something that some nugget of information you encountered along the way. I think in terms of you know, helpful information along the way is, and I think I, I, I had to kind of go through this myself to get here as, and then, and then by the time I went through it, I was like, oh, so that's what all the people are saying I should do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so basically I would, so I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I really, mm -hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a classically trained musician and I also take my dance education in that way as well. I really love exercises and drills and things like that. Now, what I was trying to do um, in the kind of mid phase of festivals, so I'm going to say early 2000s-ish. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so in the early days, so I used to go to these festivals mm -hmm. and I was obsessed with taking classes with every different type of teacher possible and learning every single type of possible thing there was to learn. And so I would get, I would wind myself into these tango crises, mm. you know, I would have total like, every, <laughs> and it was like, I would go into festivals like, okay, buckle up girl. Cause we're about to get fucked up in our head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> out of and um, so I, I would go in there, and it's like there was one point where I would just kind of like shout, like listen, you know, I would go into one class, and then I'd kind of sneak out and go to another class. And in one class, literally the teacher was like, ladies, stop moving your hips. Don't move your hips. We don't move our hips in tango. And then I go into the other room, and then the female teacher goes, ladies, move your hips. You have to move your hips. What are you guys doing? You're so stiff. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So I, you know. Um, I, I stopped beating myself up over mm, being perfect or knowing every, you know, the way mm -hmm. to dance or whatever. Um, and then, um, and that helps me with, um, when I work with students to tell them, 
You know, if this teacher says this and that teacher says the opposite, try them both. Tango mm -hmm. is a living, moving dance that is special to every single person's body. Yeah. And every different person has different limitations and different talents. Some people are super flexible. Some people are not. Some people have scoliosis. Some people have a rod in their back. And so we have to be able to learn in different ways, but then find the way that speaks the best to our body, allows us to dance in a mechanically safe way, but also to not, um, you know, drive our partner nuts. Yeah. Pulling. So... <laughs> mm -hmm. So anyway, that was my my, uh, my answer to that one okay. is just that just just to not get yourself into a tango crisis of your identity because you know our bodies are smart, our bodies are inherently smart, and we just have to find the way that we can fit our bodies into this language of movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Don't get yourself into a tango crisis. That's uh, that's very <laughs> good. Yeah, I really love how you just jumped right into festivals and and really were gung ho about it. I was I was too scared to go to festivals, Malangas, for a very long yeah. time. But yeah, everyone... I was two years old before my first festival. No, uh, I had danced for one and a half years. My first festival was um, Santa Fe, and that's back in the beginning when they were having a bunch of like celebrity teachers. So they had Pablo Barone. They had. Oh, wow. Um, Elena Pleds was there. Um, do you remember Leandro, um, sorry, um, you know, Mise, um, there's Gabriel Mise and his late sister. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Leandra. I keep forgetting or, her name. Yeah. I think I know who anyway, you're talking about. Anyway, I learned, I did a private lesson with her with Homer and it was amazing. Mm. And I did group classes and, and I just, I was just so starstruck. I mean, freaking uh, Robert, uh, Robert Duvall was there with his oh, wife because wow. <laughs> they follow Pablo Verón everywhere. Mm -hmm. So there was just like a lot of really big names back then. Oh, um, who else? Um, Miguel uh, Soto's brother. Mm -hmm. God. So there were some like really fancy people there. <laughs> um, and, and it was amazing. That was my first festival. And, um, and I was glad to be partnering with Homer during that time. Nice. Actually, um, uh, Daniela Borjali was there too just oh, as okay. a student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had Danielle on the on the uh, podcast a while back. Yeah, she was really fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as we develop as students, as you say, you know, when we learn, we um, you know, there's just so much to take in. So, what were some bad tango habits you used to have, and how did you get over them? Mm -hmm. Bad tango habits. Well, okay, this isn't so much a technical habit, but, but more a psychological habit. I really had to work hard at two habits. One is I had a problem with over-apologizing. Every time something went wrong in the dance, even if the dude stepped on my foot and kicked me in the leg, I would still say sorry, like reflexively. And I was like, oh, I got to stop that. Mm -hmm. So because it just kind of interrupts the, um, the energy. And so we can kind of dance through our mistakes. That was one habit. And then the other one, oh, I had to, because I'm a very shy person, like, inside. Um, I had a reflex of every time somebody um, gave me cabeceo, I reflexively looked down and I'm like, oh, damn it, I just rejected a dance. <laughs> and so I, I really had to be brave and like, okay, I'm going to look at this person and not look away, even though I feel like I'm going to crawl out of my skin because mm -hmm. I'm shy. Mm -hmm. But I really, those are some things that I really had to, <laughs> comfort zones that I had to force myself out of mm -hmm. was, you know. Don't look away and stop saying sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like what you said about the cabaseo. Um, my, my wife has a similar thing too. When she's, you know, when she grew up, she's like, it's rude to stare, right? So you don't look at yeah. people. 
Right. So, so, you know, like mm-hmm. nod and put your eyes down. And... Yeah. So she was like shooting <laughs> yeah. all these guys down. And people are like, what's her problem? No, it's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually you became a tango teacher. So can you describe that journey, Kate? Yeah. So I was helping Homer teach when he was here in town. Uh, we had the little shoebox tango club was our little downtown Tucson nice. studio. We would open the doors and play the tango music and get mm. people to come in and learn. And then when I actually made the conscious decision to start teaching, it was very, it was it was also again a vivid moment. I was outside there was a uh, private party that we were having for El Pulpo, Numberto mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. passed away. Um, and um, my friend Eric brought him into Tucson to teach. And he had stepped outside into the front to have probably a cigarette or something. And so I went out there to join him. And we were talking. This is at a time where I was kind of putting um, nursing school on pause, not quite sure what I wanted to do. And I was out there talking with him. And I said, you know, I'd really love to, to teach, to start teaching and um, t- teaching tango again. And the only problem is I just don't have a partner. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he goes, Kate, he goes, what are you talking about? You're good enough to teach without a partner. You don't need a partner. He's like, you're already leading. You're dancing mm-hmm. beautifully. You should teach. And it was, at that point, it was just like, okay. <laughs> but maybe I was waiting for that kind of um, kind of empowerment. I didn't want to just be like, hey, wake up one day. I think I'm going to teach. I think right. I really needed somebody just to kind of nudge me and go, Kate, you're okay. You got this. You can mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And so at that point, I was just like, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So in order to help myself boost into teacherhood, mm-hmm. um, full-time teacherhood, I actually went to um, one of the ballroom studios, and I applied for ballroom teacher training and uh, to learn you know, all the other ballroom, country, western, and, wow. you know, swing and all of that stuff and then to um, to go into the ballroom starting as, as being a beginner instructor so you certify through all that stuff mm-hmm. and then you can teach those people who don't know anything but because I already had so much tango under my belt I was um, teaching that you know mm-hmm. all the way through the levels and people in Tucson knew that I was working in the ballroom so people in tango started coming to me for lessons oh. and you know, when I was leading, I was following, I was performing with students, um, doing pro shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, here's, I'm going to backtrack because this is kind of a funny story. Okay. So when I'm in 90s, so I started Tango in 97. Mm-hmm. And around the year 2000, I actually, and I was also in nursing school, mm-hmm. I uh, signed up for ballroom training at Arizona Ballroom Company in a local thing in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Anyway, first day, so I, I, I sign up. And I meet my friend Eric and Levi, and my friends Eric and Levi and Charity. Mm-hmm. And basically, by so they were teaching like Rama basic, here's the waltz basic, here's salsa, here's swing, do to do. And then they get to tango, tango quote, quote, tango, uh, American tango. Mm-hmm. And they, they show the basic step. They play the music with the snare drum, <laughs> and they show the, the, the position with the stiff, you know, jagged arm, the ladies thumb up under the guy's armpit with a full head left poise and it felt like 
I was cheating on Tango. Like, yeah. I was like, what is this, like, heresy? <laughs> and um, and with that dance, when I danced the ballroom tango in, in training class, I was like, man, I can't do this. I can't. Mm -hmm. So my friend Eric and Levi, I actually, the, I knew I wasn't going to go back to training class. So I gave them a, my number on a piece of paper, and I said, hey, if you want to know what tango really looks like, come downtown mm -hmm. at you know whatever o'clock and, and come and check out a class and I'll show you what tango really looks like. And then I, um, at the end of the training I left, they knew they weren't going to see me in class again and they went downtown and um, did a class with me and Homer and then they were just instantly enamored as well and you know, they also, I mean, they're both teaching tango to this day here in Tucson. That's awesome. But uh, that was my first trial of ballroom training. I just couldn't. And mm. then when I, after talking to El Pulpo, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I can be a, a specialist of movement. I don't have to like, you know, certain dances, but I mm. can still teach them because I can be an artist of movement. So, um, and actually, I do think that my other training in dance has absolutely helped me improve my teaching as a tango teacher. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I totally get what you mean about ballroom. I, I worked at a ballroom mm -hmm. studio for a little bit, and yeah, I was specializing in Argentine tango, but I was required to learn the other dances, and yeah, it, was, sure. it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and and the thing is, is I get it. You know, I get the mechanics and in you know why they have mm -hmm. those body and stuff like that but it's absolutely doesn't even hold a candle to tango yeah to the real tango <laughs> yeah exactly i know i know what you mean <laughs> yeah it's amazing that you actually put yourself through that and um yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah now now what i do what i do now because i'm in private practice as a massage therapist and then i also do my dance lessons i have one ballroom student who's kind of he's a he's a, a heart doctor and is um just doing this you know he likes to do a whole bunch of different dances and you know and then everybody else is is just tango nice <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so as a massage therapist i mean you have a really uh really in-depth knowledge of anatomy uh, just yeah. as kind of thought of a question off the top of my head here. So what what are some common injuries that you might sustain in Argentine tango and what are some ways to, to prevent them? So um, a lot of times if followers are not used to high heels and their ankles are weak, they can it can it, it can be unsafe because they can roll their ankle. So a lot of uh, ankle rolling issues. Mm -hmm. Um so so my advice is that if you're a, a follower if you're or actually if you wear high heels, um to, to make sure that your ankles are strong in order for you to be able to dance and things. Now speaking from personal experience, some of my tango injuries like, you know, plantar fasciitis sometimes can happen to dancers. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm in the middle of a tango festival weekend and I'm just dancing like nonstop, I'll wake up with um, like um, Charlie horses and shin splints and stuff. Sometimes um, there can be, quote, traumatic injury. So like I, you know, uh, am adorning and might um, <laughs> kick myself in the front of my shin of the other leg, of the standing leg, yeah. you know, like. Things like that. I've actually been, um, as a follower, like I've, I've been dancing around the floor and a woman stabs me into the um, the top of my foot with her heel. I don't even know how that happened. But yeah, mm -hmm. just things like that can happen. But in terms of soft tissue problems, I would say foot stuff for followers, legs, 
for leaders mm -hmm. a big issue because if you're dancing with a follower who may have weaker um, balance or stability, that you will end up holding this person up. And that can cause a lot of pain in the back of the shoulder blades, um, the triceps in the back of the arms. Mm -hmm. So that's that's also why it's so important for people to work on their own stuff and their own techniques yeah. so you don't hurt your partner. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's a, I guess there are a number of things that we tango dancers and we might unwittingly do to put ourselves at, at higher risk for, for injury. I mean, um, yeah, I think one thing that I did uh, was I'd always, you know, during the paradas on my standing leg, I'd always turn my knee out a little bit too much and I did that uh, yeah. for years. Now I've got patellar tendonitis because of that. So, uh, but, yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, the other thing too is that between the massage therapy and the nursing and um, understanding anatomy and you know pathophysiology is that um, I can really find where people are weak or tight in their muscles just by moving with them. Uh -huh. So I can, you know, I have one lady who I dance with her, and um, and then I know what muscles are tight just through how she responds to me mm -hmm. you know I'm like okay you need to get to your therapist you need to work on your hips you know mm -hmm. the hip, so so yeah it's it's important that just that body awareness as you dance one other thing I recommend for everybody is that when you go to festivals mm -hmm. like weekend festivals and oh, hope to god we can start doing festivals again yeah can't take this Right. Um, when, <laughs> when we do festivals, it's good to pack some self-care tools. So two types of balls that I always throw in my suitcase. One is one of those little tiny bouncy balls that you get in a little 25 cent, you know, uh -huh, yeah. machine. You know, um, because what you do is at the end of your dance or the end of your day, when you get into your hotel room, you put that bouncy ball on the floor and you take your shoe off and you rub, you roll that ball in between the first and second um, metatarsals of your foot. A tennis ball is nice because it's got some squish to it. If you're having hip pain, hip issues, you can lay in your or sit in your chair or lay in your bed, mm -hmm. and then put that little tennis ball on the side of the hip. So basically, if you're you know kind of above the sit bone, but like kind of in the, the meaty area of your of your behind, and you just kind of lean on that and roll on that, and that can actually help loosen that up to keep the stuff from locking. Okay. Um, if you're doing a local festival and you don't have to pack a bunch of stuff, foam rollers are awesome. And if you cross one leg over the other and you roll back and forth, you can roll out your calf muscles and your hamstrings before bed. Okay. And it's amazing. So those are some good self-care tango tips. Nice. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. That's that thing that'll be really useful to, to people listening if they're new to tango or, you know, yeah. really looking forward to their first, uh, their first few festivals. Yeah. Now I just thought of another thing, you know, when as teachers, I'm sure when you work with students or even when you go to festivals and you dance with a lot of um, people who you don't know, who might not have as much experience as you, but one common problem that I think a lot of people notice with with beginners or just with, with dancers in general is in tango is this upper body stiffness. You know how they're yeah. they're kind of tight, their arm leading or just kind of tightening up the shoulders. In your experience, what are some common reasons for that? For beginners to be more tight in the upper body. Yeah, yeah. I mean in the shoulders and stuff. Mm -hmm. So here's my opinion of why that happens. 
because that's those are the points of contact, right? So that we're we're trying to kind of feel, you know, our partners through these points of contact. But there's another thing that happens, and I find this with leaders more than followers, is that the more they think and the more nervous they get, the stronger their left hand will squeeze, and they won't even be aware of it. Okay, mm-hmm. followers will tighten up through their arm. Well, both, but um, tend to uh, tighten up through the arms more as a, as though to try to detect what the leader is, is, is trying to do. So, so the thing with followers is they tend to tighten up in the upper body. They also sometimes tend to tighten up too much through the hip of the free leg, which really kills the ability to lead. And then also they, um, followers will overstep, um, meaning they won't wait. They, it's like this mindset of guessing rather than, rather than the mindset of waiting. Yeah. So um, it's kind of, I, I, I think of it as almost like a cascade of issues that start to happen. So in order to kind of stay um, ahead of those reflexes, it's good to have feedback from a teacher, from a peer who may have more experience, just to be aware of that because there are so many things that are just completely subconscious Mm -hmm. when we're out there dancing with someone we've never met before trying to (laughs) do a good job. So. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you you mentioned that because you, it's not enough just to say relax. I mean, you got to really figure out where you know, yeah. where these issues are. Well, also, I think that we have to stop and go to our breath as well. Mm-hmm. Because when I stop and take a deep breath, it's just this nice relaxing effect through the body. It also lifts us up through the sternum, lifts us up through the diaphragm, kind of lengthens us through the spine and then when you exhale you can just kind of relax through your traps through the back upper back sometimes as a you know if i'm leading or following if if i find that my partner is getting really 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 tight and and it's clear that they're not aware of that Mm -hmm. what i'll do is i'll just give a little bit of a breath but also kind of move my hand or move something just to kind of feel the the um, energy unlock you know, because when, when there's that tension through the arms and the back, everything is locked and you can't move from that place. Yeah. Very well, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned the, the breathing. Yeah, I think we'll be surprised if we really, you know, how much we, we kind of hold our breath through mm-hmm. <laughs> other play, other yeah. other situations. So not just on the dance floor, but off the dance floor. That's something we can really practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so through your years of teaching, Kate, what are what are some things you've learned from your own students? Oh, every day I learn from my students. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many different learning styles, teaching styles. I feel like every time I teach somebody, they teach me to be a better teacher. <laughs> and also how valuable tango as a dance is and how it can really help improve people's lives. Not just emotionally, but physically. Yeah, because a lot of that's tied together, I've I found, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, also, <laughs> my, oh, I was just going to say, my, um, another thing that I really enjoy and feel fulfilled by with my students are the students who take lessons from me to help their medical conditions. So I have, I've, you know, taught people with Parkinson's disease and, 
um, people who, like, you know, one couple in particular, mm -hmm. um, they're not dancing anymore, but he was going to Parkinson's gym, he was seeing doctors, and he was also very on top of and proactive about taking his tango lessons with his wife. Mm. And they, through through him, because we would do balance exercises, pushing through the feet, you know, all mm. the Parkinson's-related kinesiology stuff. Mm -hmm. He got to the point where, you know, of course, it's with all of the different practices that he was doing, tango, Parkinson's gym, medications, all of these. But he got to the point where his Parkinson's was undetectable when they actually measured his balance. So, um, you know, no falls or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it's really rewarding and it teaches me a lot. It keeps me inspired mm -hmm. to see people with medical conditions um, improve their, their selves through tango. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I also teach a class for people with PD. It's it's really rewarding. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's I yeah. know exactly what you mean. That's awesome. Because it's not it's not just the it's not just teaching them that physicality, but it's also like just to see the love between mm -hmm. you know partners and like you know just how many like old married couples come and it's just like yay, I love you guys. Yeah. This, but, yeah, you know. and it's great because with PD, it's I mean, it's exercise, but it, but it's not like going to the gym, and it involves yeah. it involves the caregiver too. So they're both doing yeah. this together yeah. and um yeah it, it's interesting how the dance is sort of targets a lot of the trouble spots for for people with with pd in a, in a really fun mm -hmm. way <laughs> right right yeah yeah so okay it's awesome you've been teaching and you you've been doing it uh by yourself so how did you make that work with without a partner you know when when el pulpo uh kind of gave you that yeah. idea that you can do this because you lead and you follow um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it is a challenge. So how do you, how do you manage that? So I'll teach. So because I dance both roles, I can, I have a lot of women who come to me, uh, female students who, who are working on their follow and I can lead them and I can give them tips and things like that. Mm -hmm. If, if it's a, if it's a guy or somebody who wants to learn the leader role, you know, I teach men and women the leader role. I'm just operate as the follower. And then, of course, when there's a couple, I'll, I'll watch them, and then I'll be able to lead and follow each of them and help with the diagnostics there. For singles, I also have the ability to use video. I can, you know, take a video and then show them kind of what's going on if the verbal isn't helping, things yeah. like that. Yeah. It's kind of hard <laughs> to watch yourself dance, but it's, it's, it's really useful. Yeah. That, yeah, video doesn't lie. I video myself with my partner because I need to make sure I'm keeping myself honest in my dancing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's always something new to learn with this dance, Kate, which is one thing, you know, which is why we, we love it, one of many reasons. So even though you've had so much experience, what's something new that you've learned recently, maybe perhaps in the last few months or, or years? In terms of... Uh... Any, anything. I really enjoy learning from Maxie and Paloma. They did a um, at the last festival, um, Portland Fallon Tango. They did a really fun workshop for kind of performing stuff and showed like a you know sample mm -hmm. combination of something that could show really good dynamic. And so I kind of chewed on that one for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, learning the lead and the follow of it, and kind of being learning to play with the, the musicality mm -hmm. and stuff. So. That was fun. It was just basically like a little setup, you know, bleo kick, bleo, back saccata stuff, you know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And rosque, all, all the fun little, mm -hmm. you know, turns and stuff and little drama at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, how do you keep challenging yourself? So, I, I basically, oh, first is 
going to festivals. I try to go to festivals when when we're not in quarantine. Right. Exactly. And um, <laughs> and then um, I also have a regular female follower partner, and I have a couple of regular male partners that you know that lead me. Mm-hmm. And so um, also you know again videoing myself middle toward end of rehearsal just to kind of see. What we're doing, and then I also take whenever I possibly can, I take private lessons with Maxi and Paloma. Um, they're just really, really great teachers, and are very detail oriented, which is what I love. Like they'll they'll be like, okay, bottom right rib, the oblique that attaches to that rib, you need to lift that more. And I'm like, thank you, I love this. <laughs> they speak yeah, your language. Awesome. Like yeah. that's the kind of stuff I love and need. And, so they'll they'll be very specific, very okay. very specific, and I love that. So that's that's how I stay challenged. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, it's kind of neat. One thing I've noticed as well with with people who really get into tango or, or into anything is we also tend to pick up other hobbies or interests. You know, in addition to tango, are there any other things that you've picked up? Other other hobbies or activities? Like since learning tango. Yeah. Well, I because I've got that background in music, I've tried playing, you know, I've got some tango sheet music and, you know, stuff like that, but I've never actually played in an orchestra. But other than tango, I mean, I'm a total geek for massage. It's more than a hobby, though. actually that's a career. But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> And also I've, I'm playing with my son. We play soccer together. I like to go hiking, you know, other things like meditation, yoga, you know, working out at the gym, staying healthy, cooking. So, yeah, yeah, multifaceted. Good, good. Yeah, I I find that with a lot of people with, uh, you know, whatever it is they have to be interested in, they always pick up different, different hobbies, which is great. Yeah. 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 Now with the massage earlier, you mentioned you had the arthritis in your hands. How does, does that affect your, your massage career at all? Actually, so the interesting thing is that when I, so when I first came to Tucson, Mm -hmm. I started getting, uh, I was having a little bit of mild arthritis in Michigan when I was playing and I just thought it was an overuse injury in my hand. And then um, I have family history of RA and so they tested me. Um, This is the beginning of when I was finishing prereqs before nursing school and the rheumatoid arthritis completely went away when I completely went into tango. Wow. <laughs> and okay. um, it's, it was, um, you know, because it, it, it kind of like gradually faded. So I don't know why mm-hmm. I had such an intense rheumatoid. I mean, it was so bad that I would literally could not open the refrigerator with my right hand because of the pain. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't yeah, zip yeah. my zipper with my right hand. It was just everything was so inflamed and painful mm-hmm. and I was starting to get some deformity in my hands. When I basically stopped, in, and I don't recommend this to everyone listen to your doctor, but when I <laughs> decided not to continue my treatment for RA was the moment the doctor recommended methotrexate, which is a cancer drug, which would make my hair fall out and never have babies in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no. So I stopped going to the rheumatologist Mm -hmm. and I started changing my diet. Um, I was a ovolacto vegetarian. I actually added salmon and other omega-3 rich foods. And then I was dancing a lot more. Um, So I think the the physical activity, um, the change in my diet and, um, and, and, you know, kind of changing my mindset as far as um, 
my arthritis. So I don't have arthritis issues at all in my hands. That's great. And I'm able to do just fine. You know, I can massage up to six hours a day. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure tango must have contributed to that in some way. Sure. Increasing physical activity, but also um, the stress. Like it's so, so good for stress relief. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, anyone out there who's uh, new to tango, stick with it. Stick with it. You will not regret Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much again for taking the time. This has been a lot of fun. So where do we find out more about you online? So you can go to my website, uh, katedmassageandmovementoneword.com. Okay. Right. I'm also on Facebook with Tucson Tango School. Okay. And the Tucson Tango School website is being built right now, so but that okay. will be available hopefully soon. Okay, great. And I'll have those um, the, your website and your Facebook in our show notes so people will be able to look you up. Cool, thank you. Great. All right, well, Kate, thanks again so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know you've got a busy schedule, things going on, but yeah, it was really nice to to talk to you again. I know we met before in 2012 in Minnesota. Uh-huh. Yeah, what was that? Was that already eight years ago? Almost, jeez. Yeah. yeah. No, seven. <laughs> time, time yeah. yeah, seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Great. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, best of uh, luck with all so of your... Much. Yeah, thank you. Best of luck with all your tango and massage adventures. Thanks. Okay, it was fun chatting, or rather reconnecting with Kate, and hearing her tango story. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate to the way in which she fell in love with tango, like it was something her soul was meant for. Most of you out there know the feeling, right? So don't have a tango crisis. I really liked how Kate reassures us that we don't have to be controlled by our perfectionism. When it comes to learning, different teachers will have different perspectives, and we should take in all the information and just see what works for us. There isn't just one universal way to understand tango. I know that point's been made many times on this podcast, but it's important. And although her heart is with tango, Kate also took the time to dive deep into ballroom and other dance genres. I know firsthand that getting into ballroom is tricky if you specialize in tango, but instead of slogging through it and treating it like a chore, Kate took a really useful, constructive approach. She looked upon learning ballroom as a way of becoming more knowledgeable in movement. And the extra information, even if it was tied to a different dance, did, in the long run, help her development as a tango dancer. And it's obvious that Kate's in-depth knowledge of anatomy from being a massage therapist really helps her as a tango dancer and teacher. And like I've said many times, if you have a skill set in a different area of life, and if bringing that knowledge helps you understand tango or helps you explain tango more easily, that's a good thing. Keep doing that. So thank you again, Kate, for sharing your story and for your time. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. Again, to help keep the podcast going, it's easy to show your support. You can join the podcast on Subscribestar or make a donation via PayPal. Links are in the description. Thank you so much. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.